Welcome to Fierce Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Martin. I'm a physician, writer, speaker, mentor, and mother of three. I believe that this lifetime is short, health is precious, and relationships gift us with the juiciest memories. I love thinking big, asking the hard questions, and catalyzing others to do the same. You are invited to listen and learn to the ways amazing people are showing up in this world and truly thriving, and helping others to do the same. Together, we will explore and enjoy conversations about what it truly means to thrive and how we can live fiercely and on purpose, in our truth, with our tribes, in health, and in the ways we react and receive. We will give airtime to our inner wisdom and learn to honor our integrity. Refreshingly in your face, this podcast will inspire, motivate, and propel you to create something new, wonderful, and fierce for your life. Because we hold the power to create an amazing life lived fully alive and to change the world. This is episode number nine of Fierce Amazing Radio. Today we continue our series on creating possibility with an interview with an amazing woman who I am so blessed and honored to call a dear friend, Miss Kirsten Jones. Kirsten is a Hall of Fame Division I volleyball player and 14-year Nike executive. Five years ago, she began her work as a motivational speaker, writer, and peak performance coach. She also currently co-hosts the Hashtag Raising Athletes podcast with Susie Walton on iTunes, and she lives with her husband and three teenage athletes in Los Angeles. For Kirsten, sports have always been a constant in her life, whether she was playing herself, coaching her children, or working with athletes and their parents as a peak performance coach. Her insights on mindset, the importance of failing forward, and always being on the court in the game of life in order to be successful cannot be emphasized enough. The insights in this interview left me smiling ear to ear at the end, and I am so excited for you to catch these as well. So here we go. And please also remember that if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with others and also leave a comment and rating for us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. All right, here we go.
Here she comes. Hello. Here we go. All right, I am here with Kirsten Jones, one of my bestie besties and uh, adore her and I respect and admire her for all of the things that she has created in her life and continues to create. And that's why I'm having her as the first interview in our series about creating possibility. Welcome, Kirsten. Thank you so much for being here. It is my honor to be the, the first guest on your podcast about creating possibility. Awesome. And Kirsten is joining us from Los Angeles, where she lives with her family. Um, and I wanted to just start off. Um, there's so many things I want to talk with you about today, um, knowing your story, and I'm sure there's so much more to it. But um, one of the things I have admired about you is your continued ability to always be creating something out of a possibility and also your ability to kind of be not attached to what the outcome is and just kind of going with it. And um, that is really an admirable trait and also a very strong, it's a strength, it's definitely a strength. And so I thought, thought that that would be something really valuable to the listeners, um, especially in these times when possibilities seem a little bit like thin right now, you know? Yeah. So I would love it if you could just start off by, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of things that I know about you, like you wanted to play volleyball in college when you were, you were younger and what that story turned into for you and what you created out of a desire and hard work. Um, and then going into, you know, kind of adulthood, if you will, post-college and what you created with yourself with Nike. Um, and uh, I think it would be great to just kind of start there if you want to kind of tell us what, like, mindset. How does this go for you? What were your thought processes when you had a, something you really wanted? Like, considering a desire and then how do you go about creating the possibility of something happening that we don't actually know it, is it possible? Right, right. Great question. And, you know, as you're asking or talking about it, I'm thinking, is it hardwired? Is it something that you're born with? Or is that something you create? Because I do feel like a lot of it is just intuitive. But I think it also is something that you, you can learn. It's a skill that can be learned. And what I've always done is focused on the process and let the outcome show up and I, what happens a lot i think is we get very focused on what we what the what the goal is and i'm not saying don't set goals but when you get so obsessed with this is the outcome i want and attached to that outcome you shut off avenues of other possibilities coming into play so mm -hmm. for example to tell you my story a bit i grew up in montana you know in the 70s and 80s and really didn't play much volleyball but was through a friend of a friend was able to go to a junior Olympic tryout. And I show up in Colorado Springs with all of these girls who are all going on to play D1 volleyball at the very highest level, Stanford, Long Beach, Hawaii, uh, everywhere. And for some reason in my mind, I, I knew I could compete with them even though I hadn't played at that level. But I just, I knew that if I gave myself the, the opportunity to show up, good things happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So I showed up in Colorado, barely matching knee pads, having played, you know, a couple years of, of volleyball in my life. But I had this mindset of I'm willing to do whatever it takes. 
And at the end of it, the San Diego State assistant coach was there walking down the, the runway at the airport. And I literally chased her down the runway and said, I want to play at San Diego State. And I, and I wouldn't consider myself an outgoing child at all. Like I was always nervous and I, oh, you know, she's a head coach, a big coach. I, I shouldn't talk to her. But when I, when I know something about, like when you're in tune with what you truly want, then mm -hmm. you're willing to let go of some of those, you know, and, and everybody has them and, and I have them too, but you're willing to like put, put aside the nervousness. And, you know, right. she told me, and I'll never forget, she said, you know, you're not a very good volleyball player, but you're a really <laughs> good athlete and you're a really hard uh -huh. worker. And I'll take uh -huh. you. So I walked on at San wow. State based on that, mm -hmm. based on showing up in Colorado. And thankfully I had parents who were very supportive. I could have played, you know, on a scholarship somewhere else. And I said, no, this is what I want to do. And they said, okay, well, if that's what you want, then go, go for it. Um, I ended up transferring actually, you know, sh shock. I'd never met the head coach or seen the school or done really any research on it. So it's not a surprise it didn't fully work out. At the same time, no regrets because I learned so much there and I became a really good volleyball player, which then got me to my ultimate destination was to play at William & Mary and um, had a tremendous two years there and we won the conference and blah, 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 which was, was really fun. Um, and then after college, decided to, on a, well, had a, got a degree in, J in Japanese, had lived in Japan for a while during college and decided being six feet tall and blonde, didn't want to live in Japan. And so I moved <laughs> to Eastern Europe, as you do. Um, and it was while I was in Eastern Europe that I kept coming back to asking myself, you know, had my heart broken? What am I going to do with my life? What do I do? And really kept coming back hearing sports. Sports has been my my through line on everything and um you know you know what what would make me happy and working for nike would be kind of a dream job and so found out they had an office in vienna three hours away literally wrote the lady a letter and showed up on her doorstep the next day again that theme show up so i literally mm -hmm. just showed up on her doorstep and she's like well we're hiring but not for a couple weeks but it was the tenacity of just saying i'm gonna put myself out there what's the worst thing that could happen if it doesn't work out, oh well. And mm -hmm. I think we women particularly talk ourselves out of stuff. And so mm -hmm. it's that, you know, if you listen to Mel Robbins or whatever, but three, two, one, go. Like before you mm -hmm. can even give yourself the chance to talk yourself out of it, stick your foot in the water, you know, jump off the edge. You know, the worst thing that's gonna happen is, you know, you're gonna get a no, who cares, mm -hmm. move mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So that led me to 15, almost 15 years at Nike, 10 years in Europe and some years in world headquarters in Portland, Oregon. And, and then that led me to what I'm doing now, which is peak performance and coaching and working with people about getting out of their own way and about, yeah. you know, we all have these limiting beliefs that hold us back, all of right. us. Right. And even if somebody who looks so shiny and polished from the outside, I can guarantee you when they look in the mirror at night and in the morning, they've got you know, demons running around too. So the more we can get on purpose and on path, and I can talk about that, but there's certain tools that we can employ, employ that help us get out of our own way. And that's what I love to work with people on um, because it's one thing if you get told a hard no, it's another thing if you never got out of the gate. Right, you know? right, it's you like you gotta get it. on the court. Yeah, right? at least you can pivot if you got to know. But if right. you're on the sidelines wondering if you could ever get in the game, wondering if the gun was ever going to go off, that's when you have regrets.
Right. Right. I want to go back. I love your idea about, about talking about how to get on purpose and how to get on path, because that's so important for creating possibility in life. And nothing happens ever if we don't actually create the possibility that it could happen in the first place. And what you're saying is you kind of have this consideration of something that you want and you create the possibility, but then it's the action behind that possibility that is actually what manifests something into reality. So I, I definitely want to talk about that. But before we do, I want to go back to, I love how you just kind of skimmed over like, well, I didn't really like it at San Diego State. And, and so I ended up at William Mary. I had two great years, you know, blah, 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 I think is actually what you said. Um, but I know that that transition for you was there was disappointment, there was uncertainty, there was, you know, you name it. Where the hell am I going to go? I'm in San Diego. You end up on the East Coast, um, after all, into um, a place that you had, were not familiar with. And what you created for yourself out of so much uncertainty is what I would love for you to tell us about, because you created something pretty dang amazing um, that is definitely not blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> Well, thank you. You mean the transition to William Mary? How did I make that happen? Yeah. Like, what, what was the setup for that? You decided you didn't like the San Diego State. And then it was like, I still want to play uh, volleyball. And, and now what? So I called home crying for the umpteenth time because the, the coach was essentially a bully. And he mm -hmm. had me in tears, mostly telling me how fat I was. And I was 14% body fat. I was lifting six days a week. I was in ridiculous shape, but it, I didn't fit the mold that he wanted. And so I was never going to live up to his expectations. And that was very, very painful as a 20 year old. And finally I called home the one day and my dad said, I could care less if you ever play volleyball again, just go get into the best school you could get into. But mm -hmm. I really wanted to play. And I thought, you know what, this has been my life. So I, back in the day, sent out VHS tapes of, um, you know, the schools that I, I put together a list. So this is about creating possibility. What's your dream list? If you could go anywhere, and maybe it has one that's totally, okay, Stanford's never going to call you back, fine. But there were other ones that, you know, like I, Michigan, I can remember who I played, Michigan, Arizona State, because I knew the coach from the Olympics, William and Mary, and my older sister went to UVA, which is how I found out about William and Mary. She's like, oh, there's this little school down south, you should apply there, right? So it was literally sending out this tape and sending out letters and following up with phone calls. And, you know, the William and Mary coach called me immediately. I've watched you play, I know who you are, you need to come to William and Mary. And of course, that just felt so good to be wanted and to, to say, this is, you know, it, and then when I went and visited and I visited the UVA, you know, and she just didn't even have time for me. So I knew better what I was looking for too, right? Like, as I said, with San Diego State, I mean, that, and that's how I, when I coach athletes now, it's like, do your homework, do your research, make sure that, you know, you're vetting them as much as they're vetting you. So you mm -hmm. think, oh, it's, I want to be chosen, but you're all, you know, it's, it's one of the very few partnerships that you get a chance to actually make sure it's, it's, a, it's a marriage and that, it, mm -hmm. that it's a good marriage for you too. Mm -hmm. Is it in the location you want to be in? If sports went away, would you still be happy? If, you know, do you like what they offer academically? Do you like the coaching? You know, ask the players what the coaching style is. Like there's a lot of background that I now really work with athletes and now my own son who just is starting to play basketball in college. You know, when we went through that whole process together, I had a lot of good information based on mm -hmm. the things that went wrong for me. So, you know, back to your point, I think 
you learn from those, you know, yes, that was a very rough time, honestly. And, you know, I've had a few of those bumps in the road um, with bullying with other women and women at Nike. And, you know, it's happened multiple times, but then you kind of have to reset and say, what's important to me and what tools do I have to get to where I want to go? Mm -hmm. Right. So you, you transferred to William and Mary and you had, it just felt like a great fit and you created something there out of that, um, that you, you went on to win, you know, the conference and all of that stuff. And I guess what I'm trying to get you to do, Kirsten, <laughs> is toot your own horn a little bit, but, um, uh, just recently I happened to know that you were, um, invited back for a very big award as, um, hall of fame in their athletic department. Correct. Thank you. Yes. And, yeah. That's, I don't know, walks around and says that, but, um, no, it was a huge honor, a very huge honor considering I was really, I was only there for two years. So, um, and what precipitated that though, back to showing up was, one of the coaches, so five years prior to that, um, they gave out, they had the top 25 players in the last 25 years of the Colonial Conference. And my coach, who's still involved in the college, she's no longer the head coach, but she was on a call with the coach from George Mason University, who happened to be at that Olympic, Junior Olympic tryout. So she knew who I was, and then I played against her for two years in that season. And as Debbie Hill, my former coach, tells the story, she says, I'm on this call and Pat Kendrick is the one that's saying, Kirsten needs to be a part of this 25 year team. Like she was the best, most aggressive, most dominant player I ever went up against. Mm -hmm. And Debbie just said, it was so mind boggling to have another coach, not me promoting my own player. And you know- From 25 again, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and, and it started with me showing up for in Montana, from Montana, honestly. Right. Like, had I, not, yeah. I think, had I not showed up in Colorado Springs and then, you know, go to San Diego and then I show up at William Mary and then, yes, I played against her for two years. But there was this history and probably progression that she saw that happened over that time, which then, you know, led to, you know, then I had won that award. So that kind of then precipitated getting, which is amazing. It was very... Yeah. Thank you. And it was, it was really very cool to be acknowledged. And, and the most beautiful part was my parents were there and my father has since passed. So it was wonderful, you know, to thank them for everything they've done for me, because it's, as you know, as a parent, it's not without a lot of pain and suffering as a parent to watch your kids go through, you know, yeah. every up and down and still, you know, want to be there. And, and, and then to see how my own kids there to be at an age where they yeah. understood, like, okay, mom, Mom used to play volleyball. She was okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that story for so many reasons. But I think one of the big ones is, um, you know, what you're talking about. You show up and also this, like, this idea of grit. Like, girl has got some grit. And um, the way that we show up, one of the things that you have, you know, since you and I have been friends, you know, there's been multiple times where I've called you and I've said, this is what's happening. I'm not sure what to do. Uh, all of these, like, like totally stuck in my head, which is a very bad neighborhood to hang out in. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that you've always told me is, what's the worst thing that can happen here? Like, so, and then so what? And then also just, just get out there and do something. 
Um, so it's, it's um, such a, and the idea that what you do now, whether it's for yourself or for somebody else, you've no idea the effect, that ripple effect that you're going to have. And when, you know, like you're talking about 25 years later, someone remembered you um, or, or how that, and, and for most people, a lot of those type of things, they don't ever like have recognition recognition of those things. Like if we have an effect on, on someone else's life, a child or, or something like that, it's like the story of teachers, right? Like how many teachers go kind of unthanked, um, but they, and they never really have this full understanding of how many lives they've, they've touched. But one of the things I love about that story is, and, and just always our conversations has been like, you just, you never know, just do it. Just do it. You never know. You never know the outcome. You never know the possibilities that are going to come from it. It's like, let's just see. It's like this grand experiment with you. That's what I love. It's like Life being in the chemistry lab. I manifested my husband that way. I met him <laughs> at an Irish pub in Budapest, Hungary. Like who would have thought a tall, good looking six foot five guy from Eugene, Oregon would be hanging out in a bar in Eastern Europe, but he was, and he was the right guy, right? And I got uh -huh. won the lottery in, in the marriage department and I had to go to Eastern Europe to do that. So had I not followed the breadcrumbs. And yes, there've been a ton of down moments along the way, you know, but at the same time, that's what then gives you the permission to go forward too, because you, you take all of those and you, you know, you're making this beautiful tapestry of mm -hmm. the good and the bad. And that's what propels you. And that's, and that's what you share with, you know, if you have children or you, whoever you're teaching or whoever you're coming in contact, I mean, I heard Oprah interview the other day and she had talked about my her, her talking to Maya Angelou and saying to Maya Angelou, my legacy will be these schools that I build in Africa. And Maya Angelou said, you have no idea what your legacy will be. And it's not for you to decide. Uh-huh. And and she's like, she's so right. And that's yeah. so true. like let go of the goal or the outcome uh -huh. or whatever you think that's gonna be. And, and that's not that's not for you to decide. And that's not important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that gives me goosebumps, literally. Like that's so, uh, you know, wise women when they speak, it's like, well, because everyone always thinks like Oprah's like, well, Oprah said it, like there's this wisdom there, but like Oprah just got told, like that's not for you to decide. Like, and that's, that's uh, pretty, pretty strong stuff. So, um, and I love that you mentioned that. Uh, one of the questions I had was like, how do you teach your kids to create possibility? Because I know your kids are doing that. And you were just saying like, show them, you know, and, and just encourage them to be on the court of life. Like you, you've got to be moving forward and it doesn't actually matter in what direction, just be in motion, right? Be in action. One of my favorite quotes is I do a podcast with Susie Walton called Raising a Hashtag Raising Athletes. And, and she says to her parents, because she's a life coach as well, and, or a family coach, and she says, you know, if you don't make mistakes, if you're one of those rare people that never makes a mistake, get off at the wrong exit once so the kids <laughs> can see you making a mistake, right? Because uh -huh. you need to give them permission to be okay with it not going well. And I think right now these kids are mm -hmm. being raised in this environment that there's so much pressure so early that, you know, with school, with sports, with music, with whatever it is they choose, that you gotta be great at it or, you know, or, you know, gotta be consequences. No, right. like, please fail fa fast forward, you know, like mm -hmm. keep, 
keep iterating, keep trying, stand back up, be gritty, allow yourself the, the chance and then support them in their celebrate. Another mm -hmm. amazing woman is Sarah um, Blakely from Spanx. And she mm -hmm. talks about her dad would sit around the dinner table and say, tell me what went wrong today. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's great to sit here and pat yourself on the back for getting the hundred, but when it didn't go well, how did you react? Mm -hmm. How did you respond? And allowing them the permission to say, you know what, this sucked. And everybody, yes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay that it sucked. Because when you take the pressure off, then then you liberate them. So they can, they now like, oh, it sucked. Okay, move on. Yeah. Versus I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. Right, right. I love that idea and it reminds me of, um, I'm working on a really big project right now, like one of the biggest projects I've, I've worked on ever. And uh, I'm doing it through um, kind of a mentor, I have a mentor and, and people that are kind of helping me through it. Um, and I came up with this idea for this project and I setting up my milestones for it and the like outcome goals and all of these things that like kind of really stress me out. And then my, perfectionist tendencies come in where I'm like, okay, this has got to happen. And knowing me, because I mean, anybody who knows me is going to be like, if, if she says it's going to happen, it's going to happen come hell or high water. But as I'm moving through all of this um, and being in action, creating these possibilities and being in action of things that I've never done before, conversation I've never had before, um, I'm having all of these insights into myself and what's possible for me and therefore for what I want to provide to the world. And my mentor says to me, well, you're already done then because it doesn't actually even matter if you actually complete this project. The outcome of this project doesn't really matter. And, and to me, that doesn't really, like, what? <laughs> that doesn't really, of course I have to finish this. I have to be successful. I have to have something to show. I can't say I started on something and I didn't complete it the way that I said I was going to, but it really is a new paradigm for me and for these other people, other adults that are going through this process of uh, self-expression and leadership and, and how being a leader and, and you, that, that can be extrapolated to our own lives. Being a leader of your life, mastering your own life is really about being on the court, being in action, creating a possibility, pivoting when things don't go wrong. And it doesn't actually matter about the outcome because expressing yourself fully, living authentically, and leading from a place of possibility is the most powerful thing that we can do. Yes. Right? <laughs> so, so attached to the outcome, and we get so attached to why we get disappointed is, no, it needs to be this box, and it needs to be red, and it needs to be facing this way, and it needs to be this by this. And, and when we've painted what what the outcome can be and we're so married to that outcome then all of these opportunities that come along the way that could make that outcome 10 10x what mm -hmm. you thought it would be go away no 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 right. focused on this now yes have the goal but while you're on the path let go of let let that be in the distance and focus on this moment and what you're creating and allow you know, you know, I kind of say I'll move anywhere. Like, and I, 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 
what's the worst thing that can happen? I'll leave, right? If I don't like it, I'll leave. But mm -hmm. if there's an amazing opportunity, don't say no to it. Allow mm -hmm. life, I mean, obviously do your research, but allow life to present opportunities for you. Mm -hmm. Or if you're so focused on only things being a certain way, you're, you're never gonna have those fun surprises either. And again, mm -hmm. it depends on what your, your risk meter is in life. Some people, you know, just don't have a very big risk budget. I guess mm -hmm. I have a huge risk budget and I like change. So those are just two of my things which work for me and against me, right? It's neither mm -hmm. good nor bad, but it, it is something that I embrace and say, okay, let's use this for good and let's figure out how we can, in my, in my mind, the, the goal is to be evolving. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would love to have you talk a little bit about being on purpose and on path because that goes along so perfectly with what we're talking about here. And I know that you have a lot to say about that. So take it away. Okay. So I believe that you, you set your day up to run or your day runs you. So mm -hmm. what, what are you doing? I call it to prime your pump. So every day before you even step foot out of the bed, what are you thinking about? What are you, as you're still in that like dream state, it's like Delta, Alpha, Delta, Theta, you're coming out of Theta and you're in like a Delta state, you're still in a dreamy state, but that's when you're most creative. So spending even 20 minutes in a meditative state, ending in gratitude, and then journaling on purpose as if it's already happened. So what do I mean by that? You're now gonna write down every day, you know, you may have a big goal. Let's just say right now, I've got one hanging over my head for the last three years, a book. So what am I doing to serve that goal? I'm gonna write about, oh my gosh, it felt so amazing to have this meeting with my coach who gave me all this wonderful feedback. Chapter three is done. You're writing about it as if you've already written chapter three, as if it's already done. I'm not focused on, I have no control over whether I get a publisher or an agent or any of that. So that's the big goal, but that's not what I'm going to obsess about. What I'm going to obsess about, you know, and focus on and expand are the details that I have 100% control over. Mm -hmm. So in my day, then I'm going to spend, you know, and I like lists. So if you like lists, but you, you write down one of the five things. If I get nothing else done today, if I get these five things done, and you know, three of them may be towards your big goal, two of them may be life, you know, whatever, one of them may just be exercise. But when we write those things down, our brains don't know the difference between us writing it down and having actually done it. I'll say that again. Your brain doesn't know if you've already accomplished the goal or if you're just thinking about accomplishing the goal, but writing it down gets you to 70% of the goal being done. You're already halfway there just by stating that. If you're motivated by that, if that gives you goosebumps, if when you write that thing down, you go, oh, this is what I want. If you write it down, yeah, I wanna own a yacht and a you know, mansion in the hills and oh, sorry, I don't really wanna work. I don't wanna pick up the phone. I don't wanna make a business call. I don't never going to happen. That's called a pipe dream. But if you have a, a dream, a vision, a, a, a goal to find the right guy in the bar, to get to the right college, to make it to Nike, to, you know, that's how I manifest is mm -hmm. every day using the tools that I have within my control, use what you have and let the risk go. Right. And I believe I'm co-creating, whether you believe in God or spirit or power or source or whatever, 
but I am responsible for the what and the why. What am I doing today? Why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. The how takes care of itself. The how is source. Well, you'll never get an agent. Well, you'll never get published. Well, you'll never, the how shows up when you show up. When you show up with your what and why, and your why is strong enough, you'll get, you know, as JK Rowling can tell you, supposedly the story goes a hundred different publishers told her no. 101, 102, 100. Her why was so strong that she didn't get dissuaded by, no, not for me, no, it's already been written, no, no, thank you. If your why isn't strong enough, so when people go, yeah, that doesn't really work for me, maybe it's not your goal. <laughs> maybe right. it's not what you really want. Then you right. need to check in with yourself and say, what limiting beliefs do I have or what is holding me back from going for this? Yes. So I also may say, well, I don't have anything like that. I don't, I don't have any big audacious goals. I'm talking about, again, on a daily basis, how you want to show up, who you want to attract into your life. We are lightning bugs. We attract what we put out. I attracted you because of the energy that I put out. I truly believe I'm honored to have you as a friend because I vibrated at a higher level. And the higher you vibrate, the more high vibration people come to, to find you, right? When you know it's never going to happen, woe is me, I can't do this, who would ever publish me, you get more of that. Right. You'll have right. 20 people that'll be happy. I have one friend, dude, you'll never get published. I don't even know why you're bothering. Oh, whoa. Ouch. Still yeah. hurt. You can tell, yeah. right? Yeah. And some yeah. of those people you need to let go. And that's part of also what I preach and talk about is cleaning house. And I mean your spiritual house, your email house, your friend house. Who are you spending time with? Who are you listening to on podcasts or books? Or what are you reading? Who are you physically spending time with? Who are you emotionally spending time with? Who are you following on Instagram? <laughs> exactly. Who are you following on Instagram? Yes. What podcasts are you listening to? Because that's what's going to then... Oh, I'm listening to this inspiration. You know, I'm listening to Oprah and she told me I can, you know, like, great. And if that inspires you to take action, dial that up, right? Right. The more you have that, high tides raise all boats mm -hmm. and literally thoughts become things. So the yeah. more you focus on something, the more that thought expands, the more it can become a possibility. Right. And I think that's, you know, that there's several, um, kind of ancient wisdoms or ancient uh, spiritual beliefs that talk about the power of mind, right? And um, in Western culture, we actually call that new thought, but there's nothing new about it. But it is really just that the nature of mind is to attract to it what it wants and it wants to be physically manifest and we don't kind of understand all of that but quantum physics is this whole area of science actually that is essentially kind of proving those things but who you hang out with and the thoughts that you have on a daily basis it's this it's a muscle too right like it's not like you know they always say like um people never pray unless something's going wrong right and we and we, then they don't know how to pray and, and we all see that in movies and stuff like that but using your mind to create a possibility and to actually bring something into reality for yourself is a muscle that we use on an everyday basis. So like what you're talking about, like you hear people say, 
I don't really have anything big that I'm working on is, you know, kind of a cop out, right? Because they can be doing this every single day with the daily things. That's how you learn that you do it with the small things so that when something really big comes up, it doesn't pull the rug out from underneath you and you can see your way forward. And so what are some Even of the tools, I'm sorry. Yeah, what are go ahead. Tools you can use affirmations, positive affirmations, I am statements, I am mm -hmm. strong, I am brave, I am whatever it is you're trying to create. Again, put them on a post-it note, put them in your bathroom. You're mm -hmm. looking at them every day. You're visualizing, you're seeing yourself in a new way. You're, um, you know, if you know the story of Beyonce, but um, she created Sasha Fierce. So she was mm -hmm. a, she was a choir girl. And so that's what she did was sang in the choir. And she's like, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to be pivoting to be this, you know, shaking my booty on stage. And I'm not that, I'm a choir girl. So she actually created this persona of Sasha Fierce so that she could become you know, a, a global icon, right? But mm -hmm. it starts with, you know, and you could say fake it till you make it or, you know, whatever, but, it, but using something that is actually outside of yourself. When I work with kids, I have them talk about their favorite superhero. Like, what do you, who do you love, Batman or Spider-Man? Well, Batman, he can do anything, right? Well, what if Batman was looking down on you? What advice would he be giving you? When we step outside of ourselves and look down at ourselves versus being in our head and judging what we, what we are or aren't or what people perceive of us or don't, it's all a lie, right? It's, all, it's not reality. Right. Don't tell ourselves it's reality. Be that third person who can give yourself that, oh, well, I'm actually Sasha Fierce. I'm actually this amazing world rock star. She didn't just mm -hmm. wake up one day that way. Mm -hmm. She convinced herself it was time to stand on stage and start that whole process. Right, um, right. It's, it's about seeing ourselves as a possibility. Yes. Not just, we can create possibility, but to be more than who we are right now, when life requires us to level up, yeah. we have to see ourselves as the possibility. I, I think of you know, for myself, um, authenticity is a very important concept, um, actually living a life that's free. And I don't mean like, just like finance, people think of like financial freedom and stuff like that. But I'm like, I want to be free of, you know, the emotional ties that I have to things that don't serve me anymore. And just being free to be myself and being free to move around if I want to move around just to be whatever comes that way and to have joy in my life. So that's who I am. I am trying to remind myself every day, I am the possibility of a life of authenticity, freedom, and joy. And I tell that to, it sounds a little corny, but like sometimes I get up in the morning and I go and tell my husband and stuff because the, the or I write it down when I'm journaling because the yep. hearing it out loud, the different senses, the writing, the, the hand-eye coordination and hearing it out loud and having somebody you know, say, okay, great. I hear you. I want to support you in that. Um, and recruiting those people that say, hey, I love the possibility of what you're being right now. I love the possibility of what you want to create for yourself. Surround yourself with those people. And so I think what I'm hearing you saying about being on purpose and on path is a daily practice. And the tools that you mentioned to do that happen every day from the very beginning, from the time you are just barely opening your eyes and surrounding yourself with the people that are going to be supportive and fortifying for that journey. And 
also having to clean house and let go yeah. of some of those. Letting go. And there's some people that, you know, even just you get an email from them or they text you and you get, you can feel it. You get, you have that response to them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and so you need to cut that. They, even if they're a family member, by the way, right? Well, it's not, mm -hmm. it's my mother, it's my aunt, it's my brother. It's not, they're always going to be in my life. Yes, they may always be in your life, but they don't own your spiritual, they don't, they don't get your, without permission, they don't get into your, you know, your inner being. You give yeah. them permission to yeah. do that. And if you want to cut the umbilical cord and say, you know what, you no longer get to be part of my inner circle. I, I am focusing on people who are promoting me and supporting me and want me to grow. Mm -hmm. The more that I do that, and then you end the day, I, I love you, I bless you, I forgive you, I release you. Mm -hmm. right? Maybe I only got two of the five things wrong. Oh, you suck. You're no, that was the day. I get to try again tomorrow. I'm grateful right. for the day. Mm -hmm. Start with gratitude and with gratitude. And when mm -hmm. we do that, gratitude is this amazing, powerful multiplier. Yeah. And yeah. When you see gratitude starting to take hold, mir miracles happen. They're not miracles. They're just an offset of, of what you're putting out into the world. I think it comes back to you with somebody I remember hearing a long time ago. They said, the hole you give through in the universe is the hole you receive through. So mm -hmm. if your hole is clogged with crap, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You're stuck in bad relationships and you're surrounded by people who don't support you and you're doing a job you hate and your relationship sucks. Clean out your hole, right? Mm -hmm. And give. Mm -hmm. Give through that hole. The more that you're giving, mm -hmm. that releases all of that. Right. And then the good can come back in. Now all of a sudden your hole is 10 times as big and you can receive. Yeah. And receive more than you ever thought was possible. Yes. That's beautiful. As a physician, I get these, this like visual of you talking about thinking about like clogged arteries, <laughs> you know, when your coronaries are clogged, you get angina, you get that chest pain and you know, something's wrong. Right. And you got to go get a clean out. You, you got to get a stent put in or something to hold up and you got to change what you're putting into your body. You got to control your stress. You got to control the people that you're around. You got to control your food. You got to control your ex. You got to do something so that your hole can get bigger and not close off because as the hole gets smaller, we'd stop evolving. It's like to take it back to what you're talking about. We stop evolving and we, we die spiritually. We die emotionally and we become some of those people that um, other people are trying to get rid of. Well, of and you see them in your office every day. Yep. Anxiety, yep. stress, high blood pressure, can't sleep. You know, like they start manifesting when they show up in your life in other ways and you, you know, you're having all of these issues. That's why you're having issues because mm -hmm. you're not taking care of your, yourself first. And when you yeah. do that and when you make yourself the sacred, nobody gets inside my bubble without my permission. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I always tell my patients, like healing happens in between your ears first and evolution as a being happens in between your ears first, right? You have to have a possibility. Curiosity. You have to have a, a curiosity and a possibility that you're creating and then you map out how to move forward with that. How do you start to visualize and create that possibility into something that is tangible and that you can feel in your body or see with your eyes. And um, I just, 
love how all of those come. I'm such a person of metaphors, <laughs> you know, and, and you too. We always are talking in metaphors to each other, but it's a wonderful way to, to communicate. It's like a different language. Um, but if you're a visual person, those things make sense. Well, and that's a good point too, right? So if you're not a visual person, if you're a kinesthetic person or an auditory person, then mm -hmm. be tuning into that as well. So maybe the journaling is, you know, if you're an auditory person and you need to hear it, maybe you're making recordings on your phone every day, or I don't mm -hmm. know, figuring out other ways that whatever it is, you should be feeling a buzz when you're, you know, there's a, re a, a visceral reaction you'll have to things that resonate with you. And if you don't have them, go for a run, go stand in your shower, go get in the car. But the universe has a way of like tapping you on the shoulder when you get this like idea and you think, oh, I got to do that. Oh, I should call that person. Oh, I need, and I'm getting now at 50, finally reaching out, realizing, oh, I'm being told that I need to follow that hunch. When we're mm -hmm. little or younger, we don't, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. But now like the number of times that I'll, I have a friend in Buffalo. We lived in Buffalo for three years and I was flying out to Boston last week. I haven't talked to her in nine months. And I just like, you know what? I should call her. And I call her, oh, what are you doing? She's like, oh, we're just getting ready to go on vacation. Oh, really? Where are you going? She goes, we're going to Boston this weekend. Goes, of course you are. Because I'm going to be in Boston. So we should get together for dinner, right? Yeah. Like, it's listening to that inner knowing that tells you, oh, this is the path. And whether it's making a huge life decision or, you know, deciding whether you're going to go walk the dog. I, you know, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but the, the quieter you can get with yourself and hearing that voice in your head about what it is your purpose is and what you're driven to, the clearer it will get become. Mm -hmm. So Kirsten, I would love to hear about what currently you are creating for yourself. What's your current possibility? Yeah, I've, my so I'm focused really on coaching um, teen athletes and their parents. And I'm writing a book called The Long Game, which is about helping parents raise not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. So how do we help our kids and ourselves be grittier, be more resilient, be grateful, and understand that everything they learn, and the metaphor is sports, because it could be anything. Your kid could be a musician or an artist or whatever. But how do they learn from from what it is they're passionate about and use that for good with a growth mindset with an understanding that they're going to be evolving with an understanding that it's not always going to go well with understanding that it, it's wayfinding life is wayfinding you know mm -hmm. very few people go from a to b in a direct line mm -hmm. so i'm manifesting getting this book published i just found a new guy who's written over 20 books and he loves the idea and he used to be the editor in Eugene, Oregon of the sports paper there. So I feel like I found a great mentor that mm -hmm. can help me get out of my own way because mm -hmm. I get up in my head too about, you know, what is this and what should it look like? And, and I can, I just, I don't need to worry about that. I'm focused on the what and the why mm -hmm. and the how will appear. Mm -hmm. But I feel very passionate about it and I know that it's meant to be. The timing is the timing. I just need to show up every day. Get your button right. in your seat, get your head in the game, keep moving. If I have to edit it five times, so be it. So he wants mm -hmm. me to rip it apart right now. Part of mm -hmm. me is like, oh, I've you know, already written 75 pages, tear it all apart, you yeah. know? But that's life, right? Yeah. And if you really want it, you'll tear it apart. And if yeah. you wanted to say, he said to me, some people wanna write a book and other people just wanna say they've written a book, right? Yeah, yeah. And 
right? You have to decide which bucket you're in. And of course, anybody can self-publish. You can go on to Amazon and publish your book tomorrow. And I'm an author, right? Mm -hmm. And for you and I, authenticity is so huge that no, I want to do this legit way. I want to. Yeah, you want to have some impact. I want some impact. And two years from now, three years from now, as we listen to this, I want to be out on a speaking tour, helping parents, knowing that I'm helping them and helping their children make a difference in their journey. Mm-hmm. So what I, I love all of that. And what I hear you saying is that you are the possibility of voice and you're the possibility of a journey that is harmonious for other people. Does that resonate? Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess when I think about what is my, I mean, again, don't focus on legacy, but what brings me to tears is knowing that I've made a positive impact on someone else mm-hmm. that knowing that something I said or did helped someone in whatever way, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is my biggest joy in life. Mm-hmm. So if what I have serves somebody else and then I, I, that's the best thing ever. Right. Right. I love it. I love that is your new possibility. And I know you're helping your, your kids who I think are amazing children and you're helping them continuously create, create possibilities for themselves. Uh, Kirsten's son right now is just um, arrived at Boston University after having this dream to play college basketball. And he worked really hard for it. Well, and he's there. Everything that we talked about, about putting your day on purpose, of course, there's only so much can come from mom anyway, right? So I don't right. drip, drip, drip that into them all the time. But within the last year, he got so clear on what his vision was that literally he now comes to me, what do I need to do? How do I need to meditate? He just finished reading Mindset by Carol Dweck. And this is not an academic kid. This is not a kid who was like, he was playing video games and surfing and doing all these things. But He's found his, for now, his calling and his passion. He's really focused on his what and his why, and the how is showing up for him. And Mm -hmm. it's fun to be along for the ride when you see, I mean, again, there's only so much I can want for him. I can't Mm -hmm. do all the hard work. So helping your child also get curious. What is it that lights you up? What is it that if you could do it all day, you know, my husband would just go into a basement and play guitar for 24 hours and he wouldn't come up to eat or sleep or anything like he just lights up when he gets to play music right like and if you don't have something like that fine get curious start exploring then you have you have the opportunity to do a research project go go skydiving go go write a book figure out something that you're like i'm just going to try this and see where it takes me right yeah well, this has all been so beautiful, and there's so many things that uh, I'm so looking forward to interviewing you about in the future, particularly, oh man, peak performance, uh, parenting things, which you're one of the people I call when I'm totally stumped <laughs> with my teenager. Um, but can you tell us how uh, we can get to know more about you, find out what you're up to, your podcast, all that stuff as we close out here. Sure. Um, so I, my website is kirstenjonesinc.com and you'll find all the information about my coaching and speaking on there. Um, my podcast is hashtag raising athletes on iTunes. And on Instagram, you can follow me at kirstenjonescoach. 
Um, and Facebook, I think I'm Kirsten Jones, parent, sports parenting coach. Okay, awesome. It has been a pleasure as always. I, I leave this conversation smiling from ear to ear. I love you, girl. I love you too. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Awesome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Fierce Amazing Radio. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so that you'll automatically get new shows every week. And I would love it if you left us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and other platforms. I'd also love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Aaron Martin, or just head to DrAaronMartin.com and you will find them all there. You'll also find additional resources, videos, and information to uplift and inspire you. Fierce Amazing Radio is the elevated conversation for those who are fiercely creating an amazing life, and I'm honored you've tuned in.